Welcome to the Love and Light Podcast, powered by 1039 WDKX, with your hosts, Lovely Warren and Willie Lightfoot. This is the Love and Light Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, we are back. It seemed like we were gone for a long time this time. It seemed like we had a long break, uh, but we're back. Uh, this is the Love and Light Podcast. I'm Willie Lightfoot. And I'm Lovely Warren. And this podcast is powered by 103.9 WDKX. WDKX. Yes, yes. So excited to be back. And once again, we want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening in. We're getting so much feedback out here in the community. People about, getting their house in yeah, order. Yeah, they're getting yes. their house in order. And we're so glad about that because that is exactly what we're trying to do is get out that information to help people better their quality of life. But, you know, we always get a plan. Plan. We go we go for a plan and then and then you know we, we talked about what we we're gonna talk about this this particular episode, episode ten we're in. Uh seems like man, episode we're in episode ten already. Yeah, it's been it's been we had some doozies there, brother. Yeah. Well, we still I'm still trying to um you know get my bruises. Recover. Recover I'm still recovering okay. from, from from the spicy show from the casino, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we're feeling much better. Uh so what's going on with you? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I'm just planning for Taylor back to school mm-hmm. and just came off of a great lacrosse uh, summer season. So just doing really good. What about what about what's going on with you? Working hard. Finally made it back home. Was out of town. Got got stuck in all the cancellations that they had with Delta. I'm coming for Delta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, it, I've been hearing about what's been yeah, going on with the, they did with us the dirty. airlines. They I, did I've us been dirty. driving this summer. <laughs> yeah, they did us dirty. Got stuck. It, I, it made me not want to travel anymore. For all of those that are traveling, uh, I really want to say, you know, we're praying for those. Hopefully, they make it safely home because definitely, I tell you, we had we would we, we literally waited in line in the customer service line. From gate 18 to gate 10 That's how long the line was Oh my goodness Uh, Hundreds of people in the line 3 o'clock in the morning Stuck in Atlanta Canceled flight It was ridiculous But nonetheless We made it home Well you made it home Yep Glad to be (laughs) home Right in the revival You know we do our Yeah you got the 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 tent revival Tent revival 22 years 22 years 22 we've been putting years. up that tent oh my on goodness. Jefferson Avenue for an entire week. We have pastors come uh, from different parts of our city uh, mm-hmm. and, and preach each night. Uh, and tonight is the last night, of course. And so we're just going to ex- be bringing down the house tonight. We're going to be bringing the word of God tonight. Yeah. Yes. The theme this year is uh, a renewed mind. Uh, so we're just excited about bringing hope into our community uh, through yeah, the we word definitely, of God. We definitely, definitely need it. And that's why for this love lifting segment, yes. we are talking about empowering and uplifting each other. Yes. I want to shed some love on P. Diddy, Tyler Perry. Mikhail, the love segment. P. Diddy? and others. Yeah. That's you, my you, guy. You I, 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 I you heard, heard he, about it? Okay, I, you I heard did, about it. I did. I heard, I heard what he's doing. And I want to just say, you know, big up because, um, you know, he's very inspirational, I think. I think there's a lot of inspiration. And can so you want to talk us about, about it? Well, I, well, I tell you what he's doing. He's doing a uh, a program where it's a uh, he's creating strengthening the black dollar by creating an online market platform that allows uh, consumers to purchase products exclusively made and sold by black entrepreneurs. Wow, that is phenomenal. Right. So. You would go to this online platform like Amazon, yes, right? Yes, yes. And you'll be able to only purchase products from people um, of the the black community. Black right? owned, black operated. 
uh, Black Made, Black Sold. Yes. Yes. And, and then they're going to be presenting new. I think they got over 70 already and they're going to be presenting and uh, marketing new black businesses every month on that platform. So you imagine, so you know, if you have a product, you yes. want to get on this yes. site. You want to get on this site to be able to sell it. Absolutely. And then did you hear about Tyler Perry and Meek Mill, Fantasia? No, what, 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 others, what, what's going um, on here? So there's a a 93 year old woman in um, South Carolina mm-hmm. in Hilton Head um, named Josephine Wright, and the developers are trying to take her home. And mm. um, her family has lived there since the Civil War. Mm. And Tyler Perry and others are stepping in to help her save her home um, wow. and her family's home. It's just so so sad, you know. It wow. just thinks. You think about it, it's 2023 and we still having this same conversation over people trying to take um, land that doesn't belong to them. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So, you know, we, we're saying big up and sending love uh, to Tyler Perry, uh, to P. Diddy, um, to Meek Mill, Fantasia. Just so you know, that P. Diddy, that that online um, particular uh, is called Empower Global. So if those who are looking for that online marketplace that he's doing is called Empower power global so check that out if you have a business uh big up to them uh but you know we we were going to be talking about today um we're going to be talking about voter uh empathy apathy Uh, apathy apathy. we Uh were supposed to talk about that but you know Brother, you know, <laughs> you this keep is changing up light. the bread on us. Podcast I'm like, stuff keep, you know, <laughs> stuff is moving so much in the world today, y'all. I mean, things are happening all the time that which we're moving with what's happening now. And 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 you had some things that were on your heart. And um, yeah, you know, so you know, I, I went to court this mm-hmm. week. Um, for those that that know, um, here in Rochester, New York, I practice. Um, um, I'm a practicing attorney, and sometimes I practice in family court. Mm-hmm. And um, this week, I, I ended up going in, and it was the day after um, a number of our young people had gotten arrested for damaging a police car. Um, they had been um, driving Which around. Which is happening stolen. all over the country. Yes. These young driving people around. are these Kia boys and all of this. These yes. stolen cars is happening all over the place. Yes. And they're they're young. Right. They're, they're between the 13. ages of like 9 wow. and 15. Wow. Right. And so um, so a number of them got arrested. Um, they're they're in a holding cell on, on you know, it's, it's family court now because of raise the age. Mm-hmm. So um, if you commit a crime under the age of 17, then you are brought up to family court and you're arraigned there and all that. Mm. And so we're sitting there um, and you, you know, you hear them talking, um, calling out for their mothers. Um, their parents were there. Um, but then um, probably 15 minutes into, you know, waiting for their arraignment, um, you had about 15 other young boys that young young men and, and young ladies that came up there mm. to support them. Right. So these and these that's they homies and they, home, and they friends they, they, or whatever. They, they friends, they homies. They are they coming came, to court. They come to court okay. to support them. Wow. And be that support group mm. for these young young people. And I just thought like, wow, um, this is a missed opportunity, right? Mm. Because when you look at the video, you, you know, the video is online, you see that a lot of them are out, out, out there yelling, out there, you know, participating and, you know, um, and this is the video of this is the video of the young man that's doing 
doing a damage. Doing so damage they did the to, damage to the police and then car. They arrested I think them. He was and eleven. They were, was he, he was they eleven were, years old, right? Right. They were yeah. bringing him back mm. to actually arrest them. Mm. And so um, you see the video and you see all these young people out there. And I thought about what. Um, and you have. And I'm in court and I'm looking at them supporting um, their friends. And I'm saying like this is a missed opportunity, mm. right? That like while we have all of them here we should be engaging them in a in a way that you know hopefully would deter them hopefully would give them a sense that there's more to life than than this life right than um than than going to prison and you know um whatever they're looking for um but having you know it had to be about between everybody that was there, you talking about parents, the young people, it had to be about 20, 25 people there, right? And I'm thinking, what a missed opportunity. Mm. What if we had, you know, rather it's the social worker or the not-for-profit agency or, you know, something up there to engage with them while we have them, while you have their ear, you know, if they're open to it, but we have to have it available. So this is the Love and Light Podcast. I'm Willie Lightfoot. I'm Lovely Warren. This is episode 10 where we're talking about missed opportunities. The Love and Light Podcast, we talk about things that we don't talk about enough. We shine light on those. We spread love to people who deserve to, to get that and while they're alive and or if they're not, we still want to shine love on those that we believe and appreciate. Uh, but today's topic is missed opportunities. Now, you were just talking about something to me. That's very interesting. And when you when you talk about missed opportunities and when you talk about court, these young people, I'm thinking about like, what do you think is different from, you know, the past as opposed to right now? And what are we really missing? And now from this perspective, you just brought up a couple of things from court like there. You think that and, and I believe and I, and I agree with you that there are some things that we could be doing to help right from the from the justice system. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, we, you know, here, why, why I call it a missed opportunity, because I think that, you know, when the young person is arrested and they're mm -hmm. arraigned, mm -hmm. you know, instead of just sending them home with their parent, that right there on site, that young person should not leave court without a plan. With, without, you know. So, so, so hold on, before we even. What are they doing? Because you're there. You're seeing this every day or when you're in court, you're seeing these situations. And, and I know that there are parents out there oh, that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that, are, that are really frustrated. You know what I'm saying? And that are frustrated. I've been there with, with, with yeah. dads were there. And, sure. You know, just, you know, so not what are they doing do. now? I'm saying, we, okay, what are they, what's happening with these young people now? So what happened, you know, literally they go in, they're, they're arraigned, mm -hmm. you know, before judge. Right. And generally they, they, they get assigned a counsel to get, get represented by an attorney, mm -hmm. um, attorney for the child. And um, they're represented by them in court. Family in, court. In family court. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they leave. You know, they're released. That's and it. And so basically that's it. To go back out into the same environment. Same friends that are out there, you mm -hmm. know, not cheering them on, but supporting them. Same family conditions, same everything. But I, I even thought that was profound, right? right? I even thought the fact that you had these young people show up for their friend that they knew had been arrested the night before mm -hmm. um, to see what was going to happen, that I thought that that was even important because I'm thinking like they're looking for something. 
right? Mm-hmm. They're they're supporting and, and they're loving on their loved one. And even may, we may look at it like, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, that's not love. That's not, you're supporting them and they're wrong. But it was, I, I mean, it was in, in a way uh, amazing to see, but it was also for me a missed opportunity because it's like, okay, well, what do we do now, right? You have all these young men and, and, and women, uh, young girls was there mm-hmm. and you know, what if we had somewhere to take them into a room where they could have sat down, got snacks and, you know, had someone there to talk to them, a not for profit agency, somebody there to say, hey, guys, you know, I know you're here to support your friend that was arrested yesterday. But why don't what can I talk to you about what's going on? You know, like, you know, why are you guys out here doing this? Or, you know, what are your thought processes? How can we help you? What do you, what can we do to um, stop this type of thing from happening? Because, you know, it is it's not just a Rochester thing. It, it's a national problem. Yes. And um, our young people are are crying out for help. But I'm thinking like this is a missed opportunity and we have to, you know, while we have them and this is, you know, they're there engage them in a unique in a different way than just telling them okay you're wrong well I, you know I, I hear you and I agree but I also I kind of want to look back at the root of the problem of why they're there in the first place like I, to me I want to think about when we think about missed opportunities there's missed opportunities for these young people they're missing because they're making these decisions that are leading them to be in this type of situation of dealing with the criminal justice system, which we know is definitely against, especially people of color and young black boys specifically. But then there's missed opportunities for the court system to be able to help. Uh, and there's missed opportunities for the community. Like my thing is, where are all of these agencies that I remember growing when I was growing up? Uh, there were so many agencies and, you know, some of the national agency, Boys and Girls Club, uh, various ones that we have, the community based organizations, various ones who work, uh, even even counselors and and, and teachers and, and coaches uh, for, for Little League basketball and or, or baseball and, and and Pop Warner football. These, these are some of the individuals that created opportunities uh, for those of us young men who were coming up in, in, in predominantly poor communities, uh, coming up. In, 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 in poverty and, and had so many, you know, gang situations. I grew up in the 90s, so, you know, the crack epidemic was bad. Um, mm-hmm. But we had alternatives that were, were evident within our community, and they seemed to, what, what happened to all of these programs? Well, some of them, I, I must say, some of them are still out there, right? Mm-hmm. So you still have Pop Warner football, you still have Little League baseball, you still have not-for-profit agencies. You know, you know, Montgomery isn't, Montgomery Center, where I used to go, is not prevalent I mean that you think about I, I don't even I, I go into Montgomery Center now and I'm like how in the world did they have a thousand kids in here because right. they used to be literally like yeah, a thousand I mean, I, kids I, I, in I there, come from right? Swan the Southwest it, Area Neighborhood Association so. who had hundreds and if not thousands of ki- kids here locally a not-for-profit organization as well that work with youth and yeah I mean it was like how, what in the world like how did all these kids fit in here and like they had so like all year it was it was something that was going on all summer, right? You know, it was something that was that was going on. And, and I know that there are not for profit agencies that are out there. I, I, you know, I just don't know if our, our young people are engaging with them. I know that there's rec centers and things like that. If they're really getting engaged with them 
and if we're reaching the ones that we need to reach, right? Well, well I, I would offer this for consideration. We've both been in city government. I'm still in city government. We've both been in city government. And one of the things, you you know I used to I used to talk about this all the time during the budget time. And I always asked to have a graph of the budget. And I wanted to see, because I really wanted people to see the visual, because oftentimes people say your budget is a representation of your priorities, right? Yeah. And often, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that this is, this is probably the same across the country, I'm sure, because we know public safety gets a lot of attention gets a lot of dollars and it should uh, gets a lot of police fire etc but when it comes down to uh, youth recreation programming for young people that tends to be one of the smallest areas in most people's budget but we're constantly saying oh we need to do something for our youth we need to help our youth but we're not investing in them at the rate that we're investing in other stuff well, you're right. You're right. And, I, and sitting on the other side of that, I can honestly say that, you know, when you're trying to balance it all, it's, it's kind of hard to look in and say, OK, well, you know, this money, there, there's not an endless supply of dollars. Right. There's not sure. an endless supply. Uh, you can't just go outside and pick money off of a tree. The money mm -hmm. has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so in years ago, the money came from, you know, government didn't always be the one to support youth programs right you had a lot of philanthropy uh, right was going a lot on. of outside private dollars that were funding private organizations sure. that were funding these programs and when that money went away mm -hmm. then government started to put in more dollars right but i think that we we really need to think today about this age group that we are completely missing uh we we really need to think about how we're going to work differently Mm -hmm. And how government has to change in order to impact what's happening. So, you know, and as I said, just sitting there, we, we did raise the age. Right. So you're saying, OK, well, we government put in raise the age, which was which was needed in, in many aspects. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, where young people under the age of 17 can't be tried as an adult because some of the things that were happening to young people in these adult prisons were, you know, just. It, it was atrocious, right? And so now, okay, so you did that, but what else did you do in order to even prevent kids from coming into the justice system? Okay, so now that they're there, what are we doing now that they're in the justice system to deter them or to get them back on the right track? And that's, and that's a holistic approach. That's, mm -hmm. you know, everybody sitting at the table, working together, and not just, you know, throwing things up against the wall and saying let what sticks but it's a missed opportunity when you have this many young people that are just being churned through the system in a revolving door and you don't have a plan for them and when i say a plan an individualized plan an individualized plan because that young person and that family and that mom and that dad that came there to support them or to or, or to pick them up should walk out that door with a plan now the courts can't just do it by themselves it has to be everybody coming together there on site to say, okay, well, now that you've been arraigned, now you got to go into this room over here where you will see a social worker, where you'll see somebody that's going to help you get a job, where you'll see um, someone that may be um, available for counseling, where, where we're going to get you involved. Because I don't believe that everybody that's out there wants to be out there, but we have to give them an alternative to what they're experiencing right now. 
All right, we got to let her take a breath, y'all. <laughs> She's real passionate about this. This is the Love and Light Podcast, Power Bar 103.9 WDKX. We're here on episode 10, where we're talking about missed opportunities with our young folks. We get real passionate about our children, about our babies, and we're seeing so many of them that are falling through the cracks, so many of them that are not, uh, that are missing opportunities. And I'm going to tell you, just because we want to talk about, like, where do we go from here? What are the solutions? And and Because, and, you know, we're, we, we all know what the problems are. Yeah. And we exist. Exhaust the problems. And, and mm -hmm. to me, we spend more time exhausting the problems and lifting up the problems instead of really talking about the solutions and taking accountability and ownership for what we're not doing or what we can do better. And I, and I would say that, you know, oftentimes when, when I look at these youth and when I look at what we're not doing and what government is also a blessing and a curse because we know that some of the laws that are put in place not that may have had good intentions oftentimes have led us to places that we really didn't want to be in. We look at There's bail reform. There's always unintended consequences. Yeah, so, so we're looking at bail reform, and people are very getting really upset. We don't. We, we had mental health facilities. They got rid of mental health facilities because of how they were treating people and how they were acting in, in, those, in yeah, those facilities. Yeah, and, and, and let me and, tell you something. When I was growing up, right, um, on the west side, you know, a lot of my friends were shipped away. They would ship the group homes downstate, right? Job Corps was they, big. They, they were told when they when they realized that they were technically what they called a juvenile delinquent, mm -hmm. they said, you know what, we're going to get you out of here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are alive Which today. Which I agree I agree. And a lot of that. them are doing well today, gone on and go, gone to college. And if you hear some of the stories and all of that, today are doing phenomenal work. Th that changed their life. For and me, we don't do that anymore because you got to take them. Sometimes they have to be removed from their environment. And I'm not saying like I worked in a group home when I was in college. Um, and, you know, you, you, you have issues and all that. It's not, it's not they threw out everything. You know, they, you change one thing and everything else has to go. Everything about the, the program wasn't terrible. Right. And so I can just say for my friends that I know mm -hmm. went, went, you know, were were considered juvenile delinquents and had to go um, go upstate or go downstate for a little while. When they came back, they were they were changed. They were they were dedicated to being a part of the community, dedicated to going to school and finishing school. And many of them are doing very, very well today because the state had that and government had that program for them. So for me, um, I was a product of that as well, too. I was a troubled young man um, going and surrounded around an environment where I could have went either way. Uh, at 15 years old, 16 years old, uh, for me, it was the military. Uh, it was a time when the military was very prevalent in the schools. They had a very big presence in our schools, in the community. Like when we used you to go downtown, uh, you, the Four Corners, you would have uh, uh, the Army, the, mil uh, the Air Force, the Marines, all of the branches would be outside greeting people, talking to parents. They used to come. They were invited into the schools. And because, you know, the, the fact of the matter is uh, college should be a, a, an opportunity and available for everybody, and they should be have the opportunity to go to college. But everybody's not college material. I wasn't college material at that age. I wasn't mature enough to go to, to college. Um, but skilled trades, um, the military, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, civil service, uh, and I'm a product of all of those. I, I'm a barber. Uh, I went to the military. I'm a, I was a fireman. So I, I went all those other avenues with the exception of college and went to college later. Um, but 
for me, the military was something that because mm -hmm. I had to get out of the environment we, that I was in. If I did not get out of that environment, right. I would have probably been a statistic. Some of these young people in these inner cities have never even been to the beach, have never even been outside of their community. The, right, the programs right. used to take people to D.C., uh, used to take people to other parts and other parts of the country so that they could see other environments that were outside of where they live. And yeah, we don't was, see that happening anymore yeah, as much as but, it used to. You know, it, not on the scale level that, you know, where, you, where you're impacting the masses, right? And so I was just talking to Wanda Ridgeway, who's a part of Rise Up Rochester, part of the Gun Violence Coalition, and they just took some young people to Darien Lake, right? Mm -hmm. So took a group of young men that um, they've been working with at Darien Lake. They had never been outside of the city of Rochester before, right? That's sad, right. He had such a great time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what you're talking about is exposure mm -hmm. and seizing those opportunities when you have them. When you have, you know, when, when you look at the military and, you know, them recruiting you and talking to you and mm -hmm. saying like okay there's there's a different way there's a there's another way they gave me right? a plan like what you're talking about when the court they the military gave me a, a plan in high school they gave me a plan a plan that followed me through my junior high they watched you know what i was doing they made sure my grades i was going to class mm -hmm. they they supported me in my personal development. And, and at one point in time, in mm -hmm. the court system, mm -hmm. they would tell they you. They used to send you to the military. You want to go to jail? You want to go to jail? Or, or you want to do military. two years in the military? Right. Right. And right. they don't, they're not. And so I'm saying these things work. So when we, it seems like, and some would argue, why do we always get rid of the stuff that works? And we, we're not, nobody's talking about reinventing the wheel. I don't think we have to reinvent new programs. I don't think, you know, that we have to go and figure out new ways of engaging these young people. I think that the government, the same people who did programs and supported through the money and the finances that did these things that helped, uh, all, Stop doing those things. They literally stop doing these things or supporting these agencies because I know a lot of these agencies are probably underfunded. The ones who are still doing that and the accountability systems, I think, in uh, around a lot of this stuff. The survival of the program became more important than the mission. Right. Right. right, that part. Right, that program part. rich results mm -hmm. poor. The mm -hmm. survival of the program became more important than the mission, and now you have a situation where you know, literally, you know, bursting at our seams here, and our young people are crying out and looking for. And and, and let me just say, because we do have great programs that you know that do. That, that are out that here. Still That's you know, right. Khadijah Yan mm -hmm. has a, a program a local this summer. Young lady here um, doing some great work. You know, doing, right, local mm -hmm. young lady doing great work in Rochester, and I'm sure across the country and many mm -hmm. other cities, there's a lot of different programs that are targeted at our youth. Um, but it just seems like we're missing a big segment. We're missing this segment and we have to find out a way to get to them. And the way that has worked in the past is what we outlined, you know, some of what we outlined today, mm -hmm. you know, a plan of, okay, you go into the military or you go into jail, which one you want. Many, many people chose I'm going to the military. That's right? right. Yeah. And so you had that. You also, you know, I, I know when Job Corps, you had those programs that took, you know, scare straight. You had programs that that actually literally dealt with uh, individual youth. And like you said, gave them a plan, but gave them an alternative. But also it took them out of their particular. You can. One thing we always tell people in faith, like in the church, like once you, you know, you you come into church, you 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 change your life and and you've dedicated your life to to serving God. And you said you got to change people 
places, and things. So one thing you said that was very profound, you said, well, these young people come in the court system, they go to the family court, they, 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 they go through the process, they come out and they get sent back to the same people, the same places, the same things. So that's just a recipe for disaster. And as some people say, if you keep doing the same things, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the definition that's of insanity. insanity. So, you know, we're, we're, we're doing insane things because we're repetitively doing the wrong things and not providing positive alternatives to combat the decisions, the poor decisions that these young people are making based on many of them based on their environment. And so where do we go from here? Uh, we have to begin to start doing some things different. And, and I just want to, you know, put that out there. We got to do some stuff different. We right. can't continue to do the same things and expect different results. This is the Love and Light podcast uh, powered by 103.9 WDKS. Episode number 10 where we're talking about um, missed opportunities. And now we want to talk about where do we go from here? I, I think that we have to get back to doing things that work, right? We, we talked about many programs Amen. that used to work, right? And so mm -hmm. figuring out how do you re-engage with the military to figure out rather that can civil be an service, option. Civil service um, Rather you important. can um, get these young people in, you know, skilled trades programs skilled and things trades. like that. Absolutely. I know um, MAP and CTC had a great program. Local program here you know, doing some great Local program work. here yep. in, you know, doing mm -hmm. construction and mm -hmm. all that with our young kids, these, the, our young folks this summer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're missing a large segment of them. And I think that what we have to do is when we have them, we need to have them walking on day one. Mm. Of arraignment, not after you have come back to court three or four times, right. but on day one after arraign, day one that they're arraigned, mm -hmm. that they're on a plan. Who a does recovery that? Who, plan. who who institutes that or puts something like that in place? So you know when I. I know I did it around gun court when mm -hmm. we had a gun part mm -hmm. in gun court when we had a whole lot of gun violence and we still have some gun violence. But this back in 2015, you bring everybody together, right? Mm -hmm. As as the mayor, the DA's office, the court system, Judge Moran was appointed as the judge where they certain cases. He was the one that mm -hmm. saw it. Right. Yep. And so you have one judge that really looked at it and said, OK, this is how we're going to deal with this. This mm -hmm. is. Th these types of cases and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I think in this particular instance, we probably need to go and do something like that again, right? Okay. Where you bring so like a youth court, where you work with juvenile. With, uh, uh, not, well, you you have family court, juvenile right. court, but what I'm saying is that you need the you know the head of the the court system mm -hmm. to be on board. You need all your elected officials on board. You right. need you know your social service agencies on sure. board mm -hmm. to basically put together the plan of action, right? Yes. And so in, in and then you need somebody to say, okay, well we're gonna hold these people or our young people accountable mm -hmm. in a different way than we've done before. And you know this is how mental health court was born. Mm -hmm. This is how drug court was born. It is, and, and they have a dedicated judge that hears all those cases, and they get to get to know the person, right? So I know when you coming in and you you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you right. BSing me, yep. but you're on a plan. You're committed. You have to commit to this plan, or else 
you know, you're going to jail or, or there's some other alternative here. Now, that's the piece, too, where I think that has to be a part of it as well, because we hear the governor, we hear different ones advocating for more juvenile facilities. So I think that that also has to be part of it, because not everybody's going to follow. We know it's not going to follow the plan. We know, but they don't need, I don't think they need to go to adult jail or prison. Like, we, we no, need we I think need, that you, we need what facilities. we had back in the day was, like, we had group homes, Yeah, right? we, need, we need more we had, of those types had, of group We homes. had group homes where young people were mm -hmm. sent. They weren't sent to a facility where you, you, you being chained in and right. locked up. Right. No, you were sent to a group home in a community, not your community, with other young people. Yep. And you were told to, you know, you know, taught to function and to learn and develop in a different way outside of those elements that you were you, you were geared up for. And we understand and we're not we're not like we don't realize that there were bad group homes, just like they're bad nursing homes. Absolutely. And just like they're bad jails. And there's 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 bad as long as you have people involved, you could have an element where you can have people that are doing things outside of their training and their job and their description and all that kind of stuff. So so we, we recognize that. But it's not a reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater though. And I think that's what end up happening in a lot of these cases with the mental health facilities, with the uh, job core facilities, with the uh, facilities for the group homes that there was there were some bad apples and right, as a result right. of that people said oh well we got to just get rid of these things because they're not working but we didn't get rid of all of the nursing homes we didn't get rid of all of the, the these other facilities that were that were needed and are still we need more of to this day so we get that 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 you have to have institutions and places that are really and you have to hold people the bad accountable. actors accountable exactly. right so when mm -hmm. you, you know you you have to hold those people accountable because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is allow this child to grow up and become a productive citizen and productive adult to become, you know, to have a fighting chance at life. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to give you the best fighting chance at life that you can possibly have. And I know. I know that is tough. I know that you have all these things that are around you that you're seeing and that's pulling at you in different ways and you don't know which way to turn. So right. because you're young, because I know that you're not going to most likely make the best decision possible, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me try to put you on a plan. Let me try to work with the family. Let, let's try to do this on before I release you out of here. This is what I'm going to ask you to commit to. I'm going to ask you, are you ready to change your life? Mm -hmm. If you're not ready to change your life, then okay, then I, I can deal with that. But if you're ready, then what are the things that we need to do as a community? And all these people are around the table to help you to help you get there. But there's going to be something that you have to commit to before and, and something that your parents have to commitment commit to before you walk out that door. And that may be checking in. Every day. It may mm -hmm. be checking in once a week. It may be graduating out of the program and into something different. It may be. And it also is. We talked about this as well, where where sometimes we just sent kids away to family. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like, right. You, you know, you got I got to yeah. get you out of here. Right. I need you to survive. Yep. And so now I have to I have to send you off because you can't you're not going to be able to survive here. But the critical piece to everything that we're talking about is you have to interject some 
type of change in the formula. You, you, you cannot continue to go and keep things uh, normalized. We can't normalize this behavior. We can't normalize what's currently going on. We have to change something in that equation. And, and so that is the most important thing uh, that we're talking about. And, and I think and I'm thinking about a couple of days ago during the tent revival, uh, one of the pastors was younger guy was was speaking and it were these six young guys that were walking by and they stopped. One of them stopped the others and they were ages from 13, maybe to 16 years old. And they stopped and they were listening and, and, and I could see them yearning and wanting to hear and, ha and things that were giving them hope and giving them things to, to think about, about their behavior and doing something different. Because, you know, the minister was talking about changing your life and doing something different. And there was a hunger and there was a thirst there for that. And, I, and I'm going to tell you the thing that made me really, really recognize what was going on is after, you know, we pray for those young men. And, and then it seemed like all of the women in the church went towards the young man and really started gravitating towards them and giving them that motherly love. But one thing that was missing was that the men that were there didn't see the need to do the same. Mm. And so what I see going on, especially with a lot of our, and I'm not going to go in a ditch with this, but with a lot of our young black boys, there seems to be a part of that equation that I think is really uh, fueling mm -hmm. uh, some of the anger and fueling some of the tension and the pressures and, and the bad choices and decisions mm -hmm. is the lack and the abandonment of the father figure within the home. Mm. And so that's something we may have to come back and talk to uh, about another yeah, time. We, yeah. Yeah, uh, but gonna, this is the Love and Light uh, podcast, episode number 10, where we're talking about uh, missed opportunities. Uh, this is Willie Lightfoot. And this is Lovely Warren. And this podcast is powered by 103.9 WDKX. We, you know, I, I know that this is tough and we've, we've talked about our young people before and, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, it is is really just hitting home in, in more ways than one. And, you know, something has to give. It and, does. you know, collectively, we can fix what's broken by working together. And we That's know right. that. And so we thank you for being a dedicated and faithful podcast yes. listeners. Um, we appreciate you all. Um, we definitely want to um, let you know that we're, we're thinking about you and, and, and praying for the cities across. We are. Uh, across our nation yes. that are experiencing this challenge with, mm -hmm. with our young people and hopeful that, right. you know, tomorrow will be a better day. Which is one of the reasons why when we talk about the programs, when we talk about what government can do, can't do, when we talk about and the influence that actually government can have in, in influencing and in, in, in helping to encourage those philanthropists and those individual private companies, et cetera, to get more reengaged back into communities across this country. That's why voter apathy is going to be is so important. It's, it's who we vote for, uh, what they stand for, why voting is so important. And so when we come back next time, and, unless, you know, unless, hey, unless no, you, no, you we, change, unless unless something happens, unless <laughs> something, something go down again, but uh, we're just so so we, we, we have to definitely touch on that. We, we have got, to we definitely touch on. I, yeah. I mean, Rochester is a city of <laughs> two hundred thousand people, right? Yes. And you know, in the primaries, you had less than seven thousand people vote. That's crazy, right? Right. And you know, and, and even if you just say like a hundred and forty thousand of them or a hundred and twenty thousand of them were you know eligible to vote um, in the last primary, you know, seven thousand of them voted. And I think that, you know, all the things that we're talking about are the programs, things that you want changed and mm -hmm. all of that. It all stems from 
who you have as your elected officials Amen. and, you know, and, and to pay attention. And, and it starts by you wanting to to vote. That's right. And, and getting engaged in that way. And so we're going to talk about voter apathy when we come back. And, and I get it. I get people are frustrated. They think nothing's going to change. Right. I mean, you know, you see, you know, certain things happening on a national level, local level, mm-hmm. state level. I, we, I, I definitely understand. But it's something that we, we're going to have to get into. Well, um, we're down to our closing remarks. We're so grateful for each and every one of you once again for listening to the Love and Light podcast. We enjoy hearing your feedback, too. So please reach out to WDKX.com. Get your feedback to us, whether it's on Facebook, et cetera, to any of the uh, social media out, uh, forms so that we can hear your feedback about the show. Uh, I will always tell you to remember to keep your light shining. You can't put a lampshade on the sun. So keep your light shining and be encouraged. Dance like nobody's watching, sing like there's no one listening, live like it's heaven on earth, and love like you've never been hurt. All right, God bless you. Peace. We love you.